1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
0: Hockey! Yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Another episode of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, and Declan Goff. And uh, National Hockey League draft just completed this past weekend, which means it is a far more exciting time. We are in... Hold on a second, I'm going to find the official term here. The official negotiating window. For yes. National Hockey League free agents who can't sign until July 1st, uh, which means that on July 1st, all hell is going to break <laughs> loose. Uh, the Wild will get to them, but so far, not shockingly, not too active. So should we start with the uh, some of the big names out there, including Artemi Panarin, who I guess somewhat surprisingly, because I don't believe that this has been reported, has met with the Colorado Avalanche over the weekend. That got out. He was supposed to talk to Florida next. But LB, start with you. Colorado made a very intriguing trade. We're taping this on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and Colorado has made a very interesting move that might indicate that Artemi Panarin might be coming to the Central Division.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Carl Soderbergh was just traded, or at least it was announced just a few hours ago. Uh, He had a career year as a defenseman. He's 33 and he has about a $4.5 million cap hit, and he was shipped to the Arizona Coyotes for Kevin Connaughton, who I have no idea who he is, and a third-round pick in the 2020 NHL draft next year. Now, I don't think the Avalanche make this move unless there's some smoke to the Panarin deal, or a potential Panarin deal, or that they have that much confidence in their draft picks, that they, they had an unbelievable draft over the weekend um, that, that's definitely bolstered their blue line, which was already pretty damn good to begin with. So, kind of a little bit of a dark horse with Colorado. It would it makes sense why they would go for him with the amount of cap space that they do have. So, if if he goes there, I think it's time to get a Lance yeah, jersey. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> I really...
1: I'm, I'm terrified if he goes to Colorado. Why? It'll be great. It'll be great for the team. It will not be good for the Wild. The Wild will get run out of the building, up and down the ice. Panarin is awesome. And uh, if he goes to Colorado, they're no longer just a one-trick line. They they, they can actually have some depth to them. And Benarin would – if he goes to Colorado or Dallas, it's just going to – that team's going to score. And they're going to score at will all the time.
0: So his options are – because we – he and uh, Bobrovsky have been r- rumored since midseason to go to as a package together. deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, one of them in January, February, changed his agent so that they had the same agent. And at that time, they were linked to go to the Florida Panthers together. And now, as we just talked about, the ABS report is out there. Uh, but if he goes to Colorado, this division, I'm going to say it right now, it's going to be great fun. The Central Division is going to be just St. Louis coming off a Stanley Cup championship. Uh, Colorado is going to be. Can you imagine a line with McKinnon and Panarin on it? No, no. Um, no, I can't. Chicago is ascending, as far as I can tell. Yep. Dallas looks to be pretty doggone solid, right? And also
2: big players in free agency this summer. As exactly.
0: Well. So this division, if if you get Panarin, and I, I know that Wild fans, as Declan just said, might be very afraid of this, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And the Wild's not going to be that, that good. But you know what? Regardless, I don't think they're going to be that good. So I'd rather see good teams. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. And at least in this division, the way it's shaping up to be, it's going to look like it's a pretty consistent. It's not just like the Chicago Blackhawks games versus the Wild. It's not just right. You know, the Blues when, when they were more competitive with the Wild a couple of years back before they obviously won the Cup. But you're seeing the the movers and the shakers making moves – and while they're chilling, and that and that's the thing. And the more I think about it, too, the ABS, like you said, Judd, they not Panarin and Bobrovsky now share an agent. That's who met with Colorado. Colorado's looking for a goalie too.
0: What's their cap space like now with this trade that you I
2: think it was something like thirty five almost thirty six yeah. million. They
0: have so much money. They have
2: so much money. And now that I think about it, because it also doesn't make sense for Bobrovsky to go to Florida now because they took Spencer night thirteenth overall and he's gonna be in the league within two years. But
0: I've read that they still were considered doing that. Right. So, but you also don't make that pick with with,
2: with having the, the peace of mind of saying like Bobrovsky's gonna come here and he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna sign like a three year deal. His is gonna be at least five years. Right. So there's some interesting things going on here, and it's just it seems like there's a definite migration towards these central division teams after the the playoffs that we kind of saw. Because before the playoffs started, we were, everyone was saying Eastern Conference teams are the best. Western Conference is a mess. Me, right? It, you. me. <laughs> wait, way to admit it yeah, though. Me. You know, own, I own up. I think accountability most
1: important traits as a person is admitting when you're wrong, and True. I do it a lot. You're 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 a token no person. No problem admitting that I'm wrong. What
0: well, and and in your defense though, the central division throughout last season was not as good as we expected. Yeah, it was no. an S show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and we was. expected it was going to be great, but now you're talking about getting talent in that's going to make right. it, or potentially make some teams really exciting to watch.
2: Right. There's just such an inf- there's it's such a deep free agents free agent class, and it just seems like there's three or four teams that all happen to be in, in the central division where. Everyone sees them as the next team up, and it could be any of them. And these free agents are what's going to make the difference in the next four to five years in this league.
0: So now to the Wild. Uh-huh. Uh, I got. I am going to give you three names that I came across yesterday in Michael Russo's piece in the Athletic, and you and we can certainly go down this list and react. I'll give you the three names first, mm-hmm. and then we can start. The first name being linked, and I don't know why he would come here because he's going to have suitors, including uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Center, right wing, right shot, of course. All right shots. Very important here.
2: I hate that. Joe
0: Pavelski, who's going to be 35 on July 11th. Second name, right wing, Wayne Simmons. He's going to be 31 on August 26th. A heart and soul guy with the Flyers who was moved to Nashville and bombed. Was not good. Did not help the Preds one bit. And the final name is, and this might be a who for some folks, and I don't blame you, (laughs) right wing, Alex Chason, who's going to be 29 on October 1st, he spent last year with the Oilers. He went to camp with Edmonton on a PTO, a trial contract. Right. Made the team. Was, I believe, er- early in the season before they made a coaching change. Uh, was on a line with Leon Dreisidel. Then when Ken Hitchcock took the job, was taken off that line and his production went from great first half to not so great. So he is not, he is not necessarily an impact guy. But Tell me what you think of Pavelski, Simmons, and Orcheason, And does any do those excite you at all? I like, I love Joe Pavelski. I
1: do, but We've I been don't on want. That. We've been on that for months. Yeah, I don't know. Unless it's like a one or two year deal, it doesn't get you any younger. And also, is he going to want to come here? And who's he going to pass the puck to, or who's he going to take the puck from? I don't. I don't see him having a very good <laughs> productive season in Minnesota. Wayne Simmons, I'm intrigued by. I like Wayne Simmons as a dude. I think he'd be a really good, uh, really good player. But again, that that goes down to terms. Are we giving him a four-year at five to six mil a clip? I I don't want to give Wayne Simmons that money. I would give him an Eric Stahl kind of contract, maybe a three-year prove it kind of a thing. Uh, but then you'd have to buy low, and I don't know if he wants to do that because he's already thirty years old. And the last guy you listed, what was his name again? Alex Chazon. Yeah, Chazon from from Edmonton, right wing former from buddy of Coils. I, that that one, it's just, everyone's going to be like, who the hell is that? That does not move the needle. It one does bit. not move the needle no. at all. Agreed. So, uh, yeah, this is our roster. This is what we're dealing with. It's 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 fun. And, and Paul Fenton is, you know, he knows more than we do. So,
0: <laughs> Well, there's a strategy. If you're going to be, the question is, I think the question too is, how bad can you be while, while you have an owner that you need to convince that you don't want to be terrible? Right. Right? Yeah. It's hard. For sure. Like, mm-hmm. That's the dynamic at work here.
2: Right. No, you're absolutely so right. So, Limbs,
0: Pavelski, Simmons, Chason. Uh,
2: Pavelski, I think I don't think he even really considers it here because even if it, he's going to probably ask for a term, in six six to five years, and it just that still puts him with. You know, forty-one. Yeah, like he's gonna he's gonna look for a five, and based on the contracts that are being handed out right now, the it's gonna be a free agent market. Like it's that the the ball's in their court in their country, right? That one, you're good, you're good, you. Um, I just don't know why he would come here because I don't think this team is any close to actually any closer to actually competing the next four to five seasons. So I'm crossing him off the list. Um, Simmons, I I I'm intrigued by him too. He's he's really well respected in the league. Um, he was with Philly for a really long time. He was a, he's a big time power play guy, which I would welcome a little bit of change. Sometimes yeah. it only takes like one piece to change where right. you, you switch him on power play one versus power play two. Maybe that could be something that could help. It just depends on how much he's asking for, which he's still, I, how old is he? Do we, do we know? How, yeah, he's going to be
0: 31 in August He's going to be 31. So, so he's not... An old man. Yeah. He's not
2: old, old, but he's not young. No. And so that that's the other thing. And and he has to basically be able to buy in saying, Well, he's not he hasn't won a cup either. And the chances are they're not gonna win he's not gonna win one here if he chooses to come here. And then the the chance if you play on Dry Seidel's line and then later play on Connor McDavid's line, I just Whatever production that you do have, I'm going to question in general, sure. especially especially when you when you join the team on a trial. And then basis. he
0: dropped off, so you've seen right. what happens when he's not exactly. And like so Jordan.
2: I just, it's so tough when you see play, those secondary players where they're on big like what Chris Kunitz used to be for for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He made the Olympic team because he just had such good chemistry with Sidney Crosby. But once he left, it's not that he wasn't not productive, but it, he wasn't as productive. And sure. the, they're, if they're hunting for free agents, they're hunting for people that are going to change things and actually stir the pot. And he, none of those guys, I really can think, stir the pot here to make any sort of leeway whatsoever. Does, does
0: it make any sense for, given where this team is at right now and the competition that they're surrounded by, does it make sense for them to sign a, a free agent who's on the precipice of 30 or 30 plus? to me if i'm not signing a kid who's 26 first year contract is out so mm-hmm. it, if i'm sending a kid out of his first contract that's fine but like joe pavelski what's he going to come here and do he's not going to win a cup here like what's the, i guess my question is from both sides the wild and pavelski mm-hmm. what's the point i could see if he's going to leave the sharks i want to go if i'm him somewhere where i can be a piece to a cup winning team and, and if i'm the wild i want a twenty-six-year-old, yeah, twenty-seven-year-old, probably max. I don't want a guy to, to sign a guy to a six-year contract, and he's going to be thirty-four when that contract is done. I guess I'm very confused as to what the Wild is doing here. If if they go the Pavelski route, like I get, okay, it's Joe Pavelski, but once we're past that, right? And, and you've got your Pavelski sweater, what's the point?
2: I wonder if they're both just basically like when you're in middle school and you're at the dance and your boyfriend or girlfriend. Makes you mad because they were talking to somebody else, and you're like, I'm gonna dance with that person to make them jealous. Maybe they're both doing it on, on, on both sides because Pavelski, I think, is gonna explore every avenue available to him just because he wants to go back to the Sharks, but yeah. the likelihood of that happening is so low. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to be a good business person and say, I'm still talking to this team, this team, and this team to help, you know, bolster your argument with the team that you're trying to sign with. And then if the Wild don't go after, like, at least pretend to go after these free agents we'd be all over them for basically saying well we're not going to do anything and we're not going to change I think there's a little bit of a of a PR angle for both of these sides when it comes to Pavelski and the Minnesota Wild talking
1: two years ago I would if Pavelski was a free agent I would have been all over it oh right absolutely. I mean like that that would be the missing oh, piece totally, two years ago totally I would have
2: taken Marlu two years ago yes. before he went to Toronto yeah
0: this Correct. is a totally different
2: conversation yep. th-
1: th- that's the and that's the you know unfortunate situation they're in because if it's 2 years ago I would have been all in on, on him trying to or Pavelski being that last piece here in Minnesota. And yeah, I just don't unless it's like a 1 year 6 million dollar deal and even that like what what's Joe yeah. doing and then he's just burning a year of of his NHL career just for money and I don't I don't see him doing that. So, right. would it be nice to have Joe Pavelski on the team? Of course it would. I just the likelihood of it happening seem seem pretty small.
2: If you're going to bring in somebody that's in their early 30s, I think you need to bring in like a real disruptor. And and by disruptor, I don't mean like. I feel like Pavelski would almost be. It's different enough in terms of the locker room culture here, but it's still pretty much the same shirt in terms of like what what's going on. But if you brought in a personality if you were available, like Brad Marchand or, or, or some of those instigator types, namely like Anazim Kadri from, from Toronto. Those types of personalities are things that shake the room and basically redraw power structure lines all over the place in terms of team dynamics. I think if you're going to go after those guys at that age, you're going to want to get a third, fourth line guy who, who serves that purpose. But anybody else, they're just going to cost too much money.
0: You know, let's talk about that, too, because it's quite clear that Fenton has seen and that this is not hard to pick up on what we've talked about for years now, which is the locker room dynamic with his team. Mm-hmm. But my God, you can talk about bringing guys in, but as long as uh, Suter, Parisi, and Koivu are in that room, you're not changing that room. Yeah, I don't right. think like, that Like, this is, you would, you would literally need to subtract, I think, at least two of them, if not all three, which is not possible. Right. But if you are, like... We've talked about this, and every coach has seen this before. Mm -hmm. And how do you shift the power, and how do you... And they they don't even have the guts to strip Koivu of his captaincy, which which in hockey circles would be a big deal. I know that the fans are like, who cares who's captain? But if you were to take the captain away and be like, we're appointing a new captain... Yeah,
2: it's a big deal. It's a big deal, right? In the
0: locker room, yep. But so, like, I can throw Joe Pavelski in that room but to expect him to change the whole dynamic now if it's young guys who are out of line totally different
2: right right we're, we're not looking to police the young guys yeah exactly right. you're, you're right. looking to Absolutely. police the
0: elder statesmen, mm-hmm. unless the elder statesmen or most of them are gone like you right. can trade and I'm fine with this you could trade Nino and Granland and Coyle and Jason Zucker eventually and I get what you're trying to do there mm-hmm. but that room them being gone from that room is not going to completely change that room.
2: Right. The overar but- the overarching voice is still there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So if this is Fenton's idea, he's gonna have to I mean the only the only thing that you could start with is is taking the captaincy away from Koivu. And that's just a start. And I don't even know that works because that might right. just make it more poisonous.
2: Yeah, I think that would create a more toxic environment. Yeah. And I think those those battle lines that were drawn about four or five... Right, right, right around when Mike Yo was fired from, from this organization, when it was really bad, mm-hmm. I think you could see a regression back towards that type of mentality if if you would strip the sea from Koivu. I think he needs to ride off into the sunset. Especially and, if, you
0: still, if you strip right. him and he's still there. Because right. what? Joe Thornton had that done. Dustin Brown yep. had that done. Yeah. If they
2: had the depth to back it up, that's the thing, and the players that and had the had leadership close, ability, right?
0: And they probably had a closer room, especially yes, with the Sharks. Absolutely, so like Thornton sort of got it, right? If you take the captaincy away from Vu, I don't, I think it's just going to cause yeah. more disruption. But those guys, those are the guys. Like you're not going to say, "Hey, Joe, go police those guys." That's not going to be possible. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what they're trying to do here, right? And I don't know. And here's the scarier part: I don't know that they necessarily know.
1: No. And I, you know, I I saw that felino's name could possibly be someone that's dangled, in the, and he's the buffer right now. I mean, he stepped into a huge, for right huge now. role. Though I mean, but if if you lead, if if you're willing to trade Felino, then the locker
0: room chemistry is not going to improve at all. It's going to get worse. It gets worse. He's the
2: only honest one in there right well, now.
0: And that's the problem too. Is if you trade him, that basically indicates that the veterans won again, mm-hmm. because he was the guy that, as you just said, LB, he's the guy that stood up last year and said. Our fault. We stink. Right. So if you trade him now, that's a, a, you know, boys, the guy who stood up to you guys is gone. Right. So, yeah, it's just, it's such an interesting dynamic because I don't, I can't figure out what they're doing. And in some cases, I think we, we look at teams and executives and we're like, I don't know what he's doing or she is doing, but... There might be an end game. Right. It'll be interesting to see play out. You,
2: you see threads of a possible just process. Just unless they're trying
0: to be as bad as mm-hmm. possible, and just but there's a dumpster fire aspect to all of this that is, okay, that's not what you really want.
2: Right. It's like somebody who tries to paint when you start to paint the walls, yep. and you have like the bunch of different shades, and that. You, but this shade looked really good, and they stay light. They get halfway down the. But wait, now that the sun's in this position, now I don't like this color. Let's redo it. And there's just a bunch of different yellows everywhere. Speaking of Yellow Sox.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you can listen to our conversation with Bob Motzko from uh, from before.
0: LP with the question of the day. Got Motzko to open up and tell us some good stories. Good job. Uh, I'm going to read you a quote from Paul Fenton at the draft. And we, the the Wild took what, seven players, I believe? Seven or eight. Made a couple of trades of picks, but did not make a big move at all. Um, And, you know, to sit here and try and... Break down the draft is impossible. We have no idea. These are kids who aren't going to be here forever. Yeah. Like breaking down drafts. And do, the ones that we think
2: are going to be there aren't going to be there. The ones that we have no idea are going to be there will be. It's, exactly. it's a crapshoot.
0: So here, but here's a quote from Fenton that sort of shows the line of thinking uh, of the Wild and the team. And it's interesting. This is from uh, Michael Russo on his Twitter account, at Russo Hockey. Mm-hmm. Quote, the thing I liked from Fenton, the thing I liked, is when guys came up to our table and they were way taller than me. We've had some smaller prospects, good hockey players, but every time somebody came up and they they were much taller, you got a smile on a lot of our faces. Now that's
2: I, what's important here. I
0: understand that's a weird that this question, is a, man. I understand that this is a draft day quote, and yeah. so I'm not trying to torch Paul Fenton for it. Mm-hmm. Eh. but you don't currently as far as i know you don't have an analytics department which is disturbing you need
2: those because i'm willing to bet most teams do
0: and like you're judging like this is just to me this reads like old school hockey quote Mm. if that makes sense like this game is and i know that there's old school gm still but this game is as all sports are trending in a different direction correct and so you're just excited because people were taller than you i I don't know there's (laughs) there's something about this whole thing that I, strikes me as odd. Of
2: all things, of all years, in which you have like the the Caulfield character, who's five seven, who is arguably the biggest story of the first round, because he dropped and he and he was projected to be a top ten talent and stuff. S- size does not matter as much as it has in the past in terms of NHL players, and it's just uh, that's what I mean.
0: And it probably Jen, does on defense. He's just right? talking
2: to talk, and it doesn't it doesn't matter for any of he's them because it's it's. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is getting smaller. When you have a player like jo- Johnny Hockey up in Calgary being as successful as he is and has been doing it for a number of years, it's a clearly a different league than it was even when the Kings were winning cups six, seven years ago.
0: Well now he got beaten up in the playoffs and, and Goudreau was not as effective. Right. But just overall the quote itself, it's not that's not how this works. And hockey is you're right, it's changing completely. And and you know what? If you get if your philosophy is let's get big on the blue line, I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes some sense. Right. But just this whole thing of and I and the problem with Fetton too is he's so he's so uh, non-media savvy. savvy. Yep. 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 that I don't know if this quote is really an indication of how he thinks, or he was just trying to tell reporters to, as you just said, right. ladies, talk to talk.
1: Well and
2: especially since he's saying well they're they're really big you're like well that's great but if it, they're really big can they skate well right. cuz usually that they, <laughs> those don't go hand in hand that's why when you have really special players like a Jordan Greenway that they have who's a forward who is massive but can actually move their feet it's like he he it's almost like he's trying to give breadcrumbs but then he forgot to bring the bag of bread sure. like you need to you need to give us a little bit more than be like they're big dudes like, can they skate? Can they make plays? Do they take good, like, What did you see in terms of like what their what their game theories are when they play? How about some of that? Like, just a little, no, they're big. They got they have big skates.
1: I would uh, I would think they made the right pick with Boldy. I do think there was something there that people wanted Caulfield, and I get it. Uh, he was a very prolific scorer, but if you can get pretty much the similar same guy who's also six two and two hundred pounds, sure. go for it. Sure. I mean, Cole Caulfield might develop into a, a nice, a very nice NHL player but I don't think the Wild made a like humongous mistake taking Boldy
0: over Coffee. Oh, no, no. yeah, and I have no clue about that. They yeah. did make a mistake, and, yes. but
2: not, not in, choos- oh, yeah. in choosing the, between those two forwards. The, that was not the mistakes. Yes, I think they should have taken Spencer Knight, and, and I think that it's not that I don't think our, our Boldy's going to turn out well. I think that he has all the potential in the world and will have every opportunity to, to reach that potential, but the home run ability of the Spencer Knight pick was worth it to me in passing on Boldy. And it's it was even compounded when on Saturday where they chose not to take the top prospect in Spencer Knight the night before. Took two goals, and though. then they took Hunter Jones. They actually traded up to take Hunter Jones yep. in the second round. I'm like, "Okay, but why?" And 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 that's the thing is that it's not A bad decision, but it might not be the best decision, and that's where it just. But that's how teams are turned around. That's how championships rosters are built. They're on taking big gambles and hitting on them, and they just. I, I, like I said, it's not a bad pick. I just think that they maybe could have gotten something a little bit better.
1: I, I was fine with the goalie pick later in the in the rounds. Hunter Jones, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think he'll. That was a smart move. You don't know how much longer Dubnyk's going to be here. And I believe uh, Jones, he's not going to BC, but I I think he might be going to a college product. I'm not sure if he is. I know Boldy's playing college hockey next year in Boston. Yeah, Boldy's going to BC, and then every
2: other prospect is going to be you. With
1: goalie (laughs) prospects, you just know they're going to take forever, so... I'm cool with I'm cool with uh, Spencer with with Spencer Knight with us not taking Spencer Knight and us getting
0: Hunter Jones. I'm cool with it. And, that, and that's like right. It.
2: That that's that's a, that's a very real concern. It did intrigue goalies. me though. Yeah, it, it just that good a goaltender. It, it just that's Comparisons what
0: Comparisons I to Tom Barrasso?
2: That's what I mean. And and the, the last time a goaltender was taken in the in the first round was Andre Vasilevsky, who was I think what was it? What did I write down? Maybe, 2012. No, t- t- 2012. Right? And he was the first. Well, he was the last goalie taken in the top. Why 20. Is,
0: why is that? Why don't teams goaltending? Is such an important spot? Are right. there not that many good goaltenders, or is there some fear about, like what? What's the fear here that, that you're going to pass up a great skater? Yeah, I mean goaltending to me seems like it would be.
2: Yeah, really It, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah, honestly, like because if I had a if mm-hmm. I could
0: take a great goaltender, I, I'm going to take a great goaltender.
2: And Declan gave a gave some of the answer there, where prospects in the NHL, unless they're really good, they don't break into the league for a couple of years. They play college, or they go play in like the. Uh, major juniors or something like that. Goalies take a little bit longer. Even you don't see these guys breaking in until their mid twenties usually, and that's the gamble. It's a much longer range play, sure. and it's just it's harder to evaluate goalies than it is skaters because skaters you you obviously they you can get tape and watch tape of them controlling the puck, what they do with it. Goalies are so much at the mercy of what's happening in front of them. But that's
0: why Spencer Knight's so attractive, right? Right,
2: and that's the thing is that. If you have a good scouting department, a good like understanding of what goaltending is and what go- what goalies succeed in the NHL, like the LA Kings, they they draft people and sometimes you find them in later rounds. But it's just because it's such a big gamble and because there are really talented forwards out there that some teams might look for more of an immediate impact on their roster. And then you also have to take the human element of what GMs do. Like if you're making that pick, like a Spencer Knight pick, and you're hoping it comes within two years, five years from now, if he's not up here, are you still around? That's the other yeah. thing, too. You, if, you're, if you're a GM with your back against the wall, sure. you're going to be more inclined to make a pick that's going to further your cause and further your your job security. And just by picking that and to pass up a lot of the talent in this draft specifically, I understand why it wouldn't be a popular But
0: this kid that, that, they, that... I know. Minnesota Talk's not going to be... I know set to play in the National Hockey League for. That's
2: what I mean, though. That's where three he, or four years himself. Th- that's the thing, and and that's so. and, and they're picking at the, at the point in the draft where he's not going to be an immediate impact guy, and that's why I'm, I said and I believe why not just go for the home run long longer play? But I understand why Fenton does that because he hasn't been the most popular GM here so far, and he needed to have as close as close of a surefire pick as as he could.
0: Are, are we buying the reports that Anders Lee? And the Wild are not talking. The teams I saw, I think this was on Sports uh, Sportsnet CA, that he'd like to go back to the island and Chicago as well. And the reports right now are that the Wild has not inquired aggressively about him. Are we buying that as the truth or, or is that a free agency rope-a-dope sort of we don't want you to know? Because that one to me... Now, now, he's a left shot, so I guess we could get into that whole subject.
2: I hate that storyline so but much. He is,
0: but but this is a kid, he's 28, which yep. is much more along the lines of, if I'm Paul Fenton, the age I want. Yep. Like, that might be pushing it a little bit, but to me, it beats, what what ages did I give you, 35, 31? Right. Uh, 28's more, more intriguing. It sounds like Lee wants to go back to the Islanders, but would definitely be open to coming here. That one, which I think we talked about on the last podcast, intrigues me a lot. I would be surprised if there weren't at least discussions.
2: I'm sure they've reached out and and both camps to each other and I'm sure that there's in they're in discussions and just being like hey, what what's your plan? What are you thinking? I don't think they're a primary destination for Anders Lee at this point, but they might just lay in the weeds and Well, see the question what becomes
0: who, what, t- what player is?
2: I know, but that's the or thing. Or for the player, and I should and, say. and but that's where we kind of get a little bit narcissistic as a as a market, being like, "Well, he's from here. Why wouldn't he want to come here, come home, and play in front of us?" I think Anders Lee wants to win a cup, and I think Anders Lee wants to win a cup in the island, and that he's going to be willing to take maybe a little bit less money, but. Agents are there for a reason, uh-huh. and that they might be willing to give a little bit of a, a a cushion in terms of taking like what William Carlson just signed in in Vegas in the last couple of days. He went uh, eight years at just under six million dollars, an extremely team friendly deal.
0: He, he got term though, so
2: right. Um, but that's the thing. It's just that I think that. He's going to likely resign there, but I just I just don't I think it's all smoke screen for. I, I, I don't think they're
1: serious. I would say the longer he remains unsigned the better for the Wild. So if he if he yes. enters a week into free agency he's and he hasn't gotten a good deal, all, right? I really? don't think he is. I think, but he might be the I do think if if we're going to the bidding war table on on July 1st, yeah. Wild are not Wild do not have the chips. But if if if, if he player. can't get the contract he wants in New York, I wouldn't be surprised if then Minnesota was able to block. Chicago gets them. Uh, Again, the division just gets incredibly better.
0: Blackhawks got some capability here. I don't actually
1: mind
2: that because at least the rest of the division can compete with that. It's just when the 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 Blackhawks were so dominant, that's what was annoying about them. Oh, it's going to be great. It's it's, it's pretty much like it's it's whoever and whenever.
0: Um, Oh, can, can you find, since I'm blocked. The Carly Applin and I have that for you. Okay, you're blocked by Carly. This is I've been blocked. So, so this is Jason Zucker's wife. Last week, after Fenton, I believe in Vancouver, came out and talked about the fact that right now I'm not going to move. Jason,
2: he fits in with the plan. Yeah, his comments were
0: his comments were very. What's the word I'm looking for?
2: They were they were very they were just... He's part of the team. We want him to be part of... We. He has a role here. We when, think he, we he, know,
0: he, when we know he was trying his h- hardest to hardest. trade him, and then he basically said, well, I'm trying to trade a lot of guys, but unfortunately, Jason's name... Uh, got out but we know that he basically had him traded to calgary basically had him traded to uh, pittsburgh before phil kessel blocked that so jason zucker's wife carly applin
2: retweets this with retweet so give me the whole thing yep so right michael russo's tweet says this verbatim fenton on zucker i don't plan to get rid of jason unless the right thing came to me i listen offers and i make offers good for you paul uh, it doesn't mean that he's pigeonholed into something. I love Jason as a player, and so Carly retweeted it with that, with that, with that uh, Russo quoted. She goes, "I totally get it. I'm not planning to get rid of him as a husband, but I'm always open to offers if the right thing comes along." And it blew.
1: That's so weird. Uh,
2: not just here weird? but a, like it was picked up by national oh, publications being like Carly Zucker sounds off on Minnesota Wild. It's extremely 30. aggressive. Oh, it's amazing. I think it's I think it's so well done. If I wasn't so blocked I would have loved on. it.
0: I right. might have liked it if, if she hadn't blocked me. I think it's yeah.
2: It's it's genius. And that's the thing. Jason the fact that he's still here I I think everybody's pretty surprised and the chances that he gets moved at this point are pretty low. Um I just don't know how they're going to be able to handle this because it's just, you can't rebuild that kind of trust.
0: Well, the room's already, I think we can all agree, right? The room is already and has for a long time not been in great shape. Right. Like it's been duct taped. Player to
2: player though, is that what you're re- referring to? Yeah,
0: I'm talking about the, the culture in that room is mm-hmm. not fantastic and has been duct taped together for quite some time. Right. And now to introduce this and and the guess as well that that I saw reported and it's probably true is that he won uh The
2: King Clancy. The King
0: Clancy, you know, Great Humanitarian Award. And that Leopold told Fenton, you can't trade him on Friday after can't. he won it on Thursday or whatever, or, you know, Saturday.
1: That'd yeah. be so funny though. So
0: you can't. But anyway, this is I'm with you, Linz. This is going to be just another because he knows that, you know, they desperately try to trade him, right? And plus, if I if I'm a team trying to get him, I'm not going to make you a great offer when I know you're desperate to unload him,
2: right? And this doesn't just affect, like this is just
0: mismanaged beyond right. belief. And this
2: doesn't just affect the wild locker room and specifically Jason Zucker. This is this has been played out in the open for Absolutely. the ba- for the better part of six months. This is exactly why Phil Kessel vetoed this deal. This is exactly why they're not getting real traction with Anders Lee, Joe Pavelski, and pretty much, I don't know, any other person in the next couple years. Because players see this kind of crap, and they're like, oh, this is a type of organization that's willing to do this. And it's not that they're getting traded, but the way that this whole thing is carried out and how public it's been if you're a player, you're like, why the hell would I sign here and trust anything that these guys say?
0: The entire a- atmosphere in that room, too, because it's been like this for so long in some way, shape or form for the wild has to be well known. Right. Yes. Like the whole league knows it.
2: Yes. It's not
0: like it's a little secret that we're talking about. The entire league is go- is going to know that. Well, the
2: thousands of people that obviously listen to this podcast know. This.
0: And that was with Fletcher, too, as GM. Yes. So now it's gotten worse because Fenton...
2: Right, so then it's a more top-down problem rather than just GM-specific. Which, which
0: this was supposed to fix.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly. It's the
0: worst.
1: He's the- a he's a weird duck, oh, man. He's just a weird, weird guy. He's,
0: he's, he's an old-school guy. Yeah. He's an old-school guy. I mean, when we talk about the fact that, as far as I know, they have no analytics department in 2019. We don't need it. And the, eh. and the Wolves and Twins have more people that they've hired than they will ever reveal in those departments. Like, it's not just crunching numbers now. It's all the studies that they do and the sleep studies and how much you should practice and is a morning skate valuable and all of these things.
2: Recovery processes, everything. And,
0: you know, as far as I can tell, the Wild is in 1996. That's a problem. (laughs) That should
2: work, though, right? You just have a couple of glasses of chocolate milk post-game, maybe grab a a, a cold tub and then you're fine.
0: Steak, lasagna before the game, spaghetti. Oh, that's the Chick, old school, chicken right? Chicken palm. That's the old school.
2: People used to eat chicken pom a couple beers all afterwards. Yeah, why not? Who cares?
0: Um more league stuff at the uh, draft. The trades of uh, PK Subban and Patrick Marlowe. Subban being traded by the Predators who were desperate to clear cap space and so took on what two draft picks and two players who are not well known yeah, for PK to go people. to the Devils from the Predators and then the Leafs desperate to do the same to try and get Mitch Mar or keep Mitch Marner traded Marlow, who's an old player but revered by his teammates, uh, to Carolina, and I believe included a first round pick. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, he's getting bought out. Okay, so so that's how.
2: That's what's rumored. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually stayed on that team.
0: But nonetheless, yeah. Carolina got a first round pick to do. They this. got yes. Toronto's Absolutely. pick. To that's buy a big him deal. Out. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, in Toronto, it's it, do they need any more first round picks at this point? Not right now. Are they, so how good
0: How good are the Devils immediately now with Jack Hughes? God. They've got two top line. Center's going 1-2, Subban on the blue line, and he's probably not the same player that he was, and he's extremely well-paid, and I think the key to that deal was uh, the Devils took on the entire contract, but how good are the Devils immediately now with those additions? To
1: I, I was telling Linz on Sunday, I am... I'm jacked. I think I'm getting on the Devils' bandwagon. I, I think it'll be a fun. I, I don't think it'll be a jersey. I'm not a really big jersey guy. Please call them the Devils. We don't mention the uh, fact that they're in Jersey. But <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It took me a little while. But I, th- I think they're going to be a fun <laughs> team to watch. Uh, if, if Corey, if Schneider ba- bounces back and returns the goalie he used to be, then yes, I think they're they're right back in the discussion. But yeah. uh, but I, I like what they're doing offensively. I love PK Subban, um, and with Nashville. Trading him away again—that's the only team in this division where I look at and I'm like, okay, what what is what's Nashville's plan here? That's uh, another one too. I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to do. I think they're
0: bailing on what yeah. their intent was. Don't you guys? Yeah, I think yeah. they are. I trust
2: their GM a little bit more to guide the ship than ours, though. Even though he came from the same place. True. I am all for the PK Subban trade, and I am a hundred percent on board with the resurgence that is the New Jersey Devils and Colorado Avalanche rivalry that I am wishing for because mm-hmm. those were my two favorite teams when uh, before the Wild showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still am huge fan of Patrick Wall and, Mar- and Martin Brodeur, pretty much my idols, and it's just you're seeing the you're seeing teams that are kind of adopting different mentalities that maybe in the NBA, what the Raptors did, they're pushing chips in. And it's not going to be as immediate as it, as it can be in the NBA just because it's just NBA players have so much more control over what happens in their game than hockey players do. But they're at least going for it. And that's the thing is that's what the Oilers really failed to do when they had all their number one picks. It's making these secondary deals to get support players. When PK Subban is a support move, that's when you know you're making the right moves and the right deals and the right decisions. And it's just it's going to be fun, you know, in the in the New York metropolitan area with with the Rangers getting Kako with with oh, yeah, there's going to be so much buzz around that. And I think that's a good thing and it's a good thing for the league to get some older teams that people are familiar with but getting new life, new blood and new buzz around the league with some new faces that are that are contenders.
0: Let's finish on this. The wild schedule is out. Oh yeah, like to talk about our friends at the National Hockey League.
2: <laughs> so many games in a season, I'm uh, overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, so they start on they start on October third. Regular season openers at Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, though, so they play the third on Thursday. They play the fifth at Colorado, October fifth, Saturday. That's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Then they don't play again, and this is the same as it's been. They Plus, don't play what, four years. They, they don't play again. Well, they don't play again until Thursday, but they're at the Jets. They don't open the season at home until October 12th against Pittsburgh. But more importantly, they have one, two, they have four home games in October. They have one, two, three, four. They have nine home games in the first two months of the season.
2: Is that a lot?
0: Which of course means that they are then jam packed with games at home in essentially what here January in and February. February. Who does this schedule? Like, I, I, is this like what? And I, I have the same problem with baseball. What's going on?
1: So I I did a story on this a couple years ago at, at when I worked for the Polets at, at GoMN oh. and I reached out to Sickman because nice. this it, this is a theme every year where it it feels like they play like two home games in the first two months of the season and With a week break he, and he he basically kind of explained it as well the XL and, and it is true the XL Energy Center is one of the most busiest arenas in all the NHL it's not just a hockey arena sure it's, yeah it's got concerts and but they don't bas- crap and, but
0: they don't basketball team. Sure, no but, NBA but, team. But they more for entertainment. Judging there's a
1: more events than you, th- I think, than fans realize that go into there. Sure. So then naturally they they black out all these dates that say we can't be home for these dates, and then the NHL has to fill in the rest. And because there's so many concerts and crap that's going on, especially in the fall, they are short staffed for the first few months of the season. So it, and and then they have to fit in the divisional games. And like what I'm saying is there's not a lot of availability and wiggle room. From the wild side to what when they want to play, when they want to play their hockey games at home.
2: Well, you know what they don't really deserve to play at home that much for a while anyway. Well, yeah, they.
0: Did. I'm hard. Pre- they did I'm there. hard pressed to think that the wild didn't clear a few more dates than nine in, in the first two months though. And plus, you know, you play on Saturday and then you don't play again until Thursday, and then of course, or, because you got that stupid bye week that the players have. You then consolidate your schedule starting in February into uh, you're playing. Why don't
2: you just make this elongate the schedule by a week and give them the bye week?
0: First of all, I hate the bye week. Bye week's dumb. Get rid of it.
2: I'm fine with the bye week.
0: 82 games is too much.
2: Yes, correct. Let's
0: cut down on that.
2: Mm. But they won't. But
0: but why do you also have these breathers at the start of the season? It's not like baseball where it's built in for rainouts. Right. Last time I checked, the ice ain't gonna melt in October. Well,
2: some some ice arenas they might where where the ice is. Disney
0: on Ice, man. Yeah. I just don't. Honestly, it's – so you've got – just start in November. The Wild's home on November 2nd. Then they're at Anaheim, at San Jose, at Arizona, at the Kings, come home for two, travel to Buffalo, come home to play Colorado, then go back out east to Boston, the that Rangers, and Jersey. Anyway, it's just every year I, I look at the schedule, yep. and every year I don't get
2: it. I don't understand. Whenever I think about how people make the schedules for the league – There's a certain point where I'm like, oh, they have to do this. And then my brain just shuts down because it's so overwhelmed by all of the factors that go into it, like the entertainment – but that's the thing. You don't think Madison Square Garden is busy? You oh, think that's not an is. entertainment yeah. capital? Well, and that? they got right. the Knicks. Right. Exactly. Like not,
0: the Wolves aren't playing. It's not like you're splitting games with the Wolves. I just, it's just, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Scheduling drives me crazy. And it goes into a computer or some godforsaken yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> And they spit it out. And it's like, well, this is our schedule. It's like, well, they, make some adjustments. Yeah,
2: Alexa, fix your algorithm. But you know what? Awful.
0: Declan's right. I agree. The bye week. I hate get the bye rid of the week. They, get these, rid of kids, these kids don't need to go get drunk for a week in not next week. Go get drunk I've seen in them. Mexico. I've seen them. Yeah, they're drunk. You've the seen
2: all of them. I've not seen all. Them get except
0: drunk. those who are recovering, who I apologize to. You're not yep, drunk. You're not But the rest of them are partying. It's a complete. Whatever.
2: They, but that's okay. They're okay. It's it's okay to have a life and to have a breather because this is a long right, but then, ass season. Sure, it is.
0: But then they bring them back and then they play them every other day, which makes no sense. Well, right. yeah,
2: that's what I mean. Work in the bye week. Extend the season. Maybe start, I don't know, last week in September and add a couple days at the end and then we're fine.
0: How about 70 games? Yeah. Yeah. The regular season.
2: Well, then the Hall of Fame integrity is compromised. We don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all right. Say bye.
2: Bye. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me.
1: Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it.
2: That's Soldier, get a hold of uh, yourself. Oh, oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residence 17+. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and